the holy word of God is so powerful. Can you imagine that all the world's problems are answered here? Can you imagine that all the world's questions are answered between its covers? God literally created us with his words. Even our DNA functions with a four-letter alphabet. He then gave us his words, an owner's manual, a repair schematic, a road map, a healing balm, a hope in the face of hopelessness, a true remedy for all that ails you, and a promise called the blessed hope that swallows up all of life's contradictions in a single glorious gulp. The Word of God found in the majority text is the beautiful book. The Word of God is a person. Revelation 19.13 speaks of Jesus Christ and says, and his name is called the Word of God. Every book ever written must bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. The secrets of the beautiful book can only be unlocked and understood by the born again, by the blood-bought, by the sons and daughters of God. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you born again? Born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? If the answer is no, or I hope so, you can settle this everlasting issue today, even right now. All of your sin, all of your shame, all of your bondage can be expunged from your record and your change snapped now. Make today the best day of your life. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the invisible kingdom of God. Do it right now. We'll wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said, 1 Thessalonians 4.4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. God said, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, excuse me, shall inherit the kingdom of God. God said, Leviticus 20, verse 13, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God said, Exodus 20, verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Man said, homosexuality is a genetic issue, and when you're born that way, it is irreversible. It's nobody's business who you love. It's yours. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 852, that will once again certify the inerrancy of God's beautiful Bible. All of these powerful features are archived on this site in text and streaming audio for the edification of the saints and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May the grace of God abound unto you more and more. Satan attacks and must attack in order to maintain the power of darkness over the souls of the sons and daughters of Adam, a darkness you can feel. 
from the first sentence of God's word until the last, you'll hear his incessant refrain, Yea, hath God said? In the very first chapter, God established a spiritual physical structure upon which a healthy family and society depends. He made a man, and for the man he made a woman, and he directed them to be fruitful and multiply, Genesis 1.28. The very foundation of the family union of Mr. and Mrs., of women taking on their husbands' names, is established in Genesis 5.2. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. But as you should suspect, Satan suggests another way. The Bible is clear in the Old and New Testament. Homosexuality is condemned and punishable by death, as are the sins of murder, bestiality, adultery, man-stealing, witchcraft, and more. God has not changed. His laws remain the same. But something big, eternally big, changed at Calvary. Jesus Christ, with his precious blood, broke the back of Satan's stronghold upon the sons of Adam and opened the door to everlasting freedom an opportunity to be born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, has been afforded to all men. At the place called born again, fallen man dies to self and becomes a new creature with a new father, a new name, a new power, and a new eternal purpose. Isaiah one eighteen. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This is a brand new sinless life. Something really big happened at Calvary. In feature one, we address the LGBT camp's insistence of born that way, stay that way, and the gradualism employed by Satan to shackle the unsuspecting by sexual bondage. A few paragraphs of review follow from homosexuality born that way, stay that way. Until 1973, homosexuality was classified as a mental disorder by the American Psychiatric Association. Until struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2003, homosexuality was a crime in some American states. Until 2013, transgenderism was listed as a mental disorder again by the American Psychiatric Association. In 2012, homosexual marriage was adjudicated and certified legal and acceptable by the U.S. Supreme Court. The spirit of evil gradualism prevails among men, but be certain that God's commandments do not change. Those who flaunt their rebellion in his face must by necessity suffer the consequences, and these horrific consequences will last forever. Choices are being made. Are homosexuals born that way? And if so, must they stay that way? Does science show a smoking genetic gun? What is the underlying force behind it? Two researchers from Johns Hopkins University published their findings on Born That Way in the fall of 2016, and it has caused quite an uproar. Before we get to the conclusions from the doctors causing all the stir, the two paragraphs that follow reflect the findings of numerous other specialists in the field.
author and sociologist Stephen Goldberg, Ph.D., he wrote this. Virtually all of the evidence argues against there being a determinative physiological causal factor, and I know of no researcher who believes that such a determinative factor exists. Such factors play a predisposing, not a determinative role. I know of no one in the field who argues that homosexuality can be explained without reference to environmental factors, end of quote. Goldberg continued, Gay criticism has not addressed the classic family configuration. It has merely asserted away the considerable evidence for the existence of family factors. Studies which attempt to disprove the existence of the classic family pattern in homosexuality are convincing only to those with a need to believe, end of quote. The two researchers causing the stir are Lawrence Mayer and Paul McHugh, both of Johns Hopkins University. Dr. McHugh was the former chief of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins Medical Center, which pioneered sex reassignment procedures. Today, Mr. McHugh strongly opposes these procedures. The 2016 fall issue of the New Atlantis published all of Mayer's and McHugh's extensive 94-page review on the subject of Born That Way, Stay That Way. Several paragraphs follow. Similarly, Brandon Ambrosino wrote in the New Republic in 2014 that it's time for the LGBT community to stop fearing the word choice and to reclaim the dignity, a dignity of sexual autonomy. By contrast, proponents of the born-that-way hypothesis expressed, for instance, in Lady Gaga's 2011 song, Born This Way, posit that there is a causal a biological basis for sexual orientation and often try to bolster their claims with scientific findings. Citing three scientific studies and an article from Science Magazine, Mark Joseph Stern, writing for Slate in 2014, claims that homosexuality, at least in men, is clearly, undoubtedly, inarguably an inborn trait. However, as neuroscientist Simon LeVay, whose work in 1991 showed brain differences in homosexual men compared to heterosexual men, explained some years after his study, it's important to stress what I didn't find. I did not prove that homosexuality is genetic, or find a genetic cause for being gay. I didn't show that gay men are born that way, the most common mistake people make in interpreting my work, nor did I locate a gay center in the brain. As we argue in this part of the report, however, there is little scientific evidence to support the claim that sexual attraction is simply fixed by innate and deterministic factors such as genes. Popular understandings of scientific findings often presume deterministic causality when the findings do not warrant that presumption. The most commonly accepted view in popular discourse we mentioned above, the born-that-way notion that homosexuality and heterosexuality are biologically innate or the product of very early developmental factors, has led many non-specialists to think that homosexuality or heterosexuality is in any given person unchangeable and determined entirely apart from choices, behaviors, life experiences, and social context. However, as the following discussion of the relevant scientific literature shows, this is not a view that is well supported by research.
The weight of evidence to date strongly suggests that the contribution of genetic factors is modest. We can say with confidence that genes are not the sole essential cause of sexual orientation. There is evidence that genes play a modest role in contributing to the development of sexual attractions and behaviors, but little evidence to support a simplistic born-that-way narrative concerning the nature of sexual orientation. With this overview of studies on biological factors that might influence sexual attraction, preferences, or desires, we can understand the rather strong conclusion by social psychologist Letitia Ann Peplau and colleagues in a 1999 review article. To recap, more than 50 years of research has failed to demonstrate that biological factors are a major influence in the development of women's sexual orientation. Contrary to popular belief, Scientists have not convincingly demonstrated that biology determines women's sexual orientation. In light of the studies we have summarized here, this statement could also be made for research on male sexual orientation, however this concept is defined, end of quote. The homosexual leadership was recently up in arms over Christian ministries that claimed homosexuals could be delivered. These ministries were rigorously pursued. Basically, their claim was, born that way, stay that way. Again from Mayor and McHugh. However, sexual desires and interests develop. There is a related issue that scientists debate. Whether sexual desires and attractions tend to, be, uh, tend to remain fixed and unalterable across the lifespan of a person, or are fluid and subject to change over time, but tend to become fixed after a certain age or developmental period. Advocates of the born-that-way hypothesis, as mentioned earlier, sometimes argue that a person is not only born with a sexual orientation, but that that orientation is immutable, it is fixed for life. There is now considerable scientific evidence that sexual desires, attractions, behaviors, and even identities can and sometimes do change over time. Moreover, other population-based surveys suggest that sexual desire may be fluid for a considerable number of individuals, especially among adolescents as they mature through the early stages of adult development. In this regard, opposite-sex attraction and identity seem to be more stable than same-sex or bisexual attraction and identity. This is suggested by the data from the National Longitudinal Study of adolescence to adult health, uh, this uh, pros uh, prospective longitudinal study of a nationally representative sample of U.S. adolescents starting in grades 7 through 12 began during the 1994-1995 school year and followed the cohort into young adulthood with four follow-up interviews referred to as waves 1, 2, 3, 4 in the literature. The most recent was 2007 to 2008, when the sample was aged 24 to 32. Here's what they found. Same-sex or both-sex romantic attractions were quite prevalent in the study's first wave, with rates of approximately 7% for the males and 5% for the females. However, 80% of the adolescent males who had reported same-sex attractions at wave one later identified themselves as exclusively heterosexual as young adults at wave four. Similarly, for adolescent males who at wave one reported romantic traction, attraction to both sexes, 
Over 80% of them reported no same-sex romantic attraction at wave three. The data for the females surveyed were similar but less striking for adolescent females who had both sex attractions at wave one. More than half reported exclusive attraction to males at wave three. Another prospective study by biostatistician Miles Ott and colleagues of 10,515 youth, 3,980 males, 6,535 females, in 2013 showed findings on sexual orientation change in adolescents consistent with the findings of the ad health data, again suggesting fluidity and plasticity of same-sex attractions among many adolescents, end of quote. Born that way, stay that way, research says not so fast. God created all things. His Bible, our owner's manual, is filled with marvelous instructions. Because God is perfect in knowledge and wisdom, his instructions have inherit within them a blessing or a curse. Obey his instructions and enjoy the blessing of doing the right thing disobey his instructions, and suffer the curse of doing the wrong thing. This is an immutable law, and it is just that simple. Mayor Ed McHugh, in part two of their report titled Sexuality, Mental Health Outcomes, and Social Stress, lay out some sobering facts concerning the LGBT lifestyle. Several paragraphs follow. In a 2008 meta-analysis of research on mental health outcomes from non-heterosexuals, University College London professor of psychiatry Michael King and colleagues concluded that gays, lesbians, and bisexuals face higher risk of suicidal behavior, mental disorder, and substance abuse and dependence than heterosexual people. This survey of the literature examined papers published between January 1966 and April 2005 with data from 214,344 heterosexual and 11,971 non-heterosexual individuals. The large sample size allowed the authors to generate estimates that are highly reliable, as indicated by the relatively small confidence intervals. Compiling the risk factors found in these papers, the authors estimated that lesbian, gay, and bisexual individuals had a 2.47 times higher lifetime risk than heterosexuals for suicide attempts, and that they were about twice as likely to experience depression over a 12-month period, and approximately 1.5 times as likely to experience anxiety disorders. Both non-heterosexual men and women were found to be at an elevated risk for substance abuse problems, 1.51 times as likely, with the risk of non-heterosexual women especially high, 3.42 times higher than for heterosexual women. Non-heterosexual men, on the other hand, were at a particularly high risk for suicide attempts, while non-heterosexual men and women together were at a 2.47 times greater risk of suicide attempts over their lifetimes, non-heterosexual men were found to be at a 4.28 times greater risk. Sociologist and suicide researcher Ann Haas and colleagues published an extensive review article in 2011 
based on the results of a 2007 conference sponsored by the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Suicide Prevention Resource Center. Haas and colleagues found the association between homosexual or bisexual orientation and suicide attempts to be well supported by data. They noted that population-based surveys of U.S. adolescents since the 1990s indicate that suicide attempts are two to seven times more likely uh, with high school students to identify as LGB, with sexual orientation being a stronger predictor in males than females. They reviewed data from New Zealand that suggested that LGB individuals were six times more likely to have committed suicide. That's 600 percent higher. In 2015, Harvard pediatrics professor and epidemiologist Sarah Reisner and colleagues conducted a retrospective matched pair cohort study of mental health outcomes for 180 transgender subjects aged 12 to 29 years, 106 female to male and 74 male to female. They matched to non-transgender controls based on gender, gender identity. The transgender youth had an elevated risk of depression, 50.6% versus 20.6, and anxiety, 26.7 versus 10. Transgender youth also had higher risk of suicidal ideation, 31.1% versus 11. Suicide attempts, 17.2% versus 6.1. And self-harm without lethal intent, 16.7 versus 4.4 related to the matched controls. A significantly greater proportion of transgender youth accessed inpatient mental health care, 22.8 versus 11.1, and outpatient mental health care, 45.6 versus 16.1, end of quote. You cannot disobey the perfect commandment of God without participating in the consequence, the curse of doing the wrong thing. It just can't be done. Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The plight of the homosexual carries serious physical issues as well as mental disorders. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Sexual Perversion, an unclean spirit. Conservapedia.com reports on some of the devastating results of homosexuality. Excerpts follow. 1. Gay bowel syndrome, which has also been described as gay bowel disease, was named as an illness in 1976 in the medical literature via the journal's Annals of Clinical and Laboratory Science, and in 2004, Medscape stated that gay bowel syndrome is a significant issue in regards to HIV infection. The John Hopkins HIV Guide website also presently features a literature review article, which is essentially a duplicate of the aforementioned article at Medscape. Gay bowel syndrome is a clinical pattern of anorectal and colon diseases which occur with unusual frequency in homosexual patients. The diseases were not exclusive to male homosexuals. Number two, HIV infection and a new look at gay bowel syndrome. A September 2010 report of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention declared gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men, MSN, represent approximately 2% of the U.S. population 
yet are the pop yet yet are the populations most severely affected by HIV and are the only risk group in which new HIV infections have been increasing steadily since the early 1990s. In 2006, uh, men having sex with men accounted for more than half, 53% of all new HIV infections in the United States. In August of 2009, uh, LifeSite News reported, an official with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced the CDC's estimate Monday that in the United States, AIDS is 50 times more prevalent among men who have sex with men than the rest of the population. Number three, concerning homosexuality and syphilis, an early publication to propose the link between homosexuality contributing to the spread of sexually transmitted disease syphilis was the English publication Proceedings of the Royal Society of Medicine in 1962. The Proceedings of the Royal Society of Medicine made the following statement. The importance of homosexual practices in the spread of venereal diseases has attracted particular attention recently. It almost seems that these practices are keeping syphilis alive in this country. Number four. Peter La Barbera reported relative to the issue of neurosyphilis and homosexuality. The increase in syphilis cases among gay men, particularly among those who are HIV positive, has been a concern for years. Most troubling is the occurrence of early neurosyphilis when the infection spreads to the central nervous system and the brain. Number five, in relation to homosexuality and AIDS, the original spread of AIDS is generally attributed to the promiscuity of homosexual men. Originally, the syndrome was called the gay disease because the overwhelming majority of patients were homosexual men. In September of 2010, Reuters reported nearly one in five gay and bisexual men in 21 major U.S. cities are infected with HIV, and nearly half of them don't know it. Number six, concerning homosexuality in MRSA. On January 15, 2008, the newspaper of San Francisco Chronicle had a news article entitled San Francisco Gay Community an epicenter for a new strain of virulent staff. The San Francisco Chronicle news article declared concerning homosexuality in MRSA, a new variety of staph bacteria, highly resistant to antibiotics and possibly transmitted by sexual contact, is spreading among gay men in San Francisco, Boston, New York, and Los Angeles, researchers reported. Number seven. In June of 2004, the journal Nursing Clinics of North America reported concerning homosexuality and anal cancer. One of the more pressing issues for gay men is anal carcinoma. Several recent studies have indicated the rate of anal dysplasia to be increasing in men uh, without, uh, with and without excuse me, HIV. 90% of the men with HIV have the human papillomavirus, HPV, while 65% of men without HIV have HPV. HPV type 16 is the most troublesome for developing cancer and is found in a significant portion of gay men. Number eight, concerning lesbianism and obesity. In April of 2007, the American Journal of Public Health analyzed data from 2002 National Survey of Family Growth 
and the data suggested that American lesbian women were 2.69 times more likely to be overweight and 2.47 times more likely to be obese than all other female sexual orientation groups. The abstract for this study indicated that lesbians are at a greater risk for morbidity and mortality linked to overweight and obesity. Number nine, concerning mental health and homosexuality, studies have long indicated that homosexuals have a substantially greater risk of suffering from psychiatric problems, suicide, depression, bulimia, antisocial personality disorder, and substance abuse. For example, a national survey of female homosexuals who published in the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology, which found that 75% of the approximately 2,000 respondents had pursued psychological counseling of some type, many for treatment of long-term depression or sadness. Number 10. As mentioned earlier, amoebiasis and proctitis are both illnesses associated with gay bowel syndrome. In addition, it was also indicated previously that amoebiasis can cause proctitis, which increases the risk factor in regards to HIV infection. In 2006, the Medical Journal of Australia reported high rates of intestinal parasitism are found in men who have sex with men throughout the world. End of quote. Homosexual youth are 2,300 times more likely to contract sexually transmitted diseases. The average lifespan of the homosexual male is 8 to 20 years shorter than the heterosexual male, and the list goes on. All through this life, decisions are being made. Choose Christ. Choose deliverance. Choose life. There is a way of escape. Scientists cannot find the physical root of homosexuality, search as they may, because it is not a physical matter. Their need to search for a physical cause is that the discovery will allow them to affix the responsibility of their desires and deeds to their maker, so the saying, God made me this way. The Word of God lays out the cause, and there surely is one, and the miraculous solution, which is found in the rich man's tomb. Next week is part three. God said, 1 Thessalonians 4.4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. God said, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. God said, Leviticus 20, verse 13, If a man also lie with mankind, as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God said, Exodus 20, verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Man said, Homosexuality is a genetic issue, and when you're born that way, it is irreversible. It's nobody's business who you love. It's yours. Now you have the record.